0: following teaching is from the Warrior's Heart Bible Study for Men. You can find us on the web at warriorsheart.org. We hope you have a great day. Now, Joshua, we have a couple of words that are very, very dominant in our thinking as we consider what's going on. So in these two words, the last time we were together, we focused our attention on strength and came up with some amazing images of what strength was about when I Googled it. And so this morning I decided, well, I'm going to take the other word, courage, and see what uh, Google has for us. So here are some images about courage that seem to be very strong on the uh, Google page. So this is... uh this is this is absolutely amazing when you think of courage and cuteness all mixed up together. And somebody who has a determination that they're going to find a creative way without any price limits, how in the world can I get this morsel for myself? I suppose courage also can take on uh, possibilities where we do something that there are going to be some immediate consequences, but we don't mind as long as we get to enjoy that moment just before we have to be very courageous and run for our life. So here's a great poster on courage. So, so there's probably, if you're married, you're, there's probably one of you that's a morning person, one of you is an evening person, and uh, there's that, that little bit of a transition. Of course, beyond the humor, there's always seriousness about what courage is all about. And probably most of us would say, yeah, yeah, these guys, these men and these women who do this, that's that's where courage is definitely found and they do it unselfishly and they do it for the benefit of so many of us but if we think about us being men who are thinking about what it means to have a heart of a warrior in light of the issues that are surrounding us and why we've gathered in the purpose that's trying to unite our spirit together we want to be be people and we want to be men who make a difference for Jesus Christ in the city of Houston and we're not just we're not just interested in becoming smarter so that we'll be more satisfied. We want God to take truth so that our lives are different as we impact and influence the lives of other people around us today and the lives of people that we'll be meeting for the rest of our lives. How can we become more like the warriors God wants us to be, not to fight battles necessarily, but sometimes just to be very, very courageous in difficult situations. And for every one of us, we've already noticed As we've studied the book of Joshua, and we're going to be noticing it even more than we think about courage, it is oftentimes facing circumstances that no human being in the right mind would ever imagine doing it. So we can stand against greater odds and overwhelming circumstances. And so here's a picture that I think that reflects that. We probably, many of us here are old enough to remember this particular historic episode And we think about the courage of one person who's able to actually stop a line of armored vehicles just because he believed in something and his life was uh, one where he felt that he could actually do something significant. We don't really know how long it lasted. We know that the tank tried to go around him and he, he moved to get in front of the tank. The tank tried to go the other way. He moved to get in front of the tank. And it's one of those moments when you think humanity at maybe its finest and perhaps courage is something that we all are reminded about in a situation like this. Uh, probably the picture that I save for the last on this is um, one I've, I've seen before, but it has never stopped to make me feel very deeply about what courage is about. That it doesn't necessarily come because of experience and age, but sometimes it can begin very, very early. One of my favorite pictures on what courage is all about. How in the world does a youngster to say goodbye to his father and try to hold all those emotions and new feelings that are inside in relationship to what he's doing as he listens to the words of a comrade that his father perhaps knew as a close fighting friend and maybe was with him in battle. And those final words just shared between a warrior and a young boy the courage that it takes to receive that information and something that's going to frame his entire life for the rest of his life on the face of this earth. It's amazing when we think about this whole concept of what strength and courage is all about and uh, what we can do as individuals because one of the things that is almost always involved with strength and courage is the fact that we have a choice. There's a moment in time when we make a decision to enter into an expression of who I am as a man, to be very, very, very courageous. And uh, sometimes that uh, choice and that decision is really a matter of us just taking charge and making a decision to go for it and to uh, let aside all the other possibilities so that I can engage a particular moment at time. There's a a young pastor who was preaching through a series, and he was really thinking that God was going to move the lives of a lot of his people to come forward, join the church, get baptized, make a commitment to serve, get involved. And then this, this great vision he had laid out for the entire church family, but every time he called for an invitation, nobody came. And so the second time of the three-part series, still nobody came. And he preached his heart out at the very last time, and no one was coming. And he's feeling this deep spirit of failure inside. And just before he finished up the service, here comes Charlie. Charlie comes walking down the aisle. And he's all all excited, but he's thinking, oh, I guess one's better than none. And so Charlie comes up, and, and the pastor says, Charlie, why have you come? What what is the Lord laid on your heart? And he says, Pastor, I, I want you to, to pray for my hearing. And the pastor says, no problem, Charlie, we'll be happy to do that. He called up Deacon Jones, and Deacon Jones came up and they put their hands on this guy's head, his shoulders, and they are praying so hard and so intense because he was the only one that came up after a three-day Bible series, and they are pressing on him so hard. He was actually physically collapsing in front of them, but they just followed him down to the floor, and before you know it, he was prostate, and they had their hands on his head, and he was getting a headache because they were pressing so hard. They prayed for 10 minutes. They prayed for 15, and they were really going at it. They were sweating. The people in the auditorium were really excited that something might be going on, and after about 25 minutes, They finally let Charlie up, and uh, the pastor grabbed Charlie by his shoulders and looked at him. He says, Charlie, how is your hearing now? And Charlie says, well, Pastor, I I really don't know. The hearing's not until next Wednesday. (laughs) 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 It's really important that we as men, we make decisions to choose to get involved, but make sure our choices are correct. And when we want to engage something that's really important, it's really, really critical that we men don't just hesitate. But somehow we, we want to be sensitive enough to know that God might be doing something in our life to make a decision for courage, to be involved, to make a difference in the lives of the people that we run against. And this is, this is one thing that somehow makes me very, very sober. As I look at statistics in the city of Houston that we are praying that God would give us a heart for, that God would give us a reason to make an impact in this city. Do you realize the huge changes that have occurred in our city of Houston since the last time we met? In the last seven days, two to 3,000 people have moved to Houston to call this place home. Two to 3,000 people have moved to Houston in the last seven days to call our city home. And when I think about that statistic and and realize that every week that's going to be happening, it almost makes my blood run cold. And I'm thinking, God, I haven't met very many new people in this last week. I'm trying. Every time you bring someone across my path, I'm trying to meet them and engage them. How on earth, God, can I make a difference in this city that's absolutely exploding with not just people, but it's exploding with lost people? People who need to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And God, I don't don't want to just be desperate to the point where I'm just turning into a little grease spot on the ground, feeling like, man, I can't get anything done here in a week's time that's going to make a difference in the lives of the people in this city and this place that I, I now call home. But maybe together, Father, maybe Warrior's Heart, if you can grab all of us as men and Don't overwhelm us with with a sense of, ah, this is too big for me to do anything that will make a difference. But instead, Lord, just the people you put inside my sphere of influence, how can my life touch them and influence them for Jesus Christ in such a way that's going to make a difference for eternity? Well, this passage of Scripture that we're going to be dealing with today, and as we finish up the first chapter of Joshua, is absolutely stunning. And this is what the scripture says, and maybe it can help us figure out how we as men can multiply our impact in the lives of other people. And part of this is what it means to lead with vision. Here's what the scripture says. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people. Go through the camp and tell the people, get your supplies ready. Three days from now you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. When we look at a passage of Scripture like this, we know from our previous studies the last few times we were together, God is speaking right directly into the heart of Joshua. And as a result of God giving Joshua this calling, Joshua responds, and his response is stunning. There's a great, powerful lesson with regard to a man who leads with vision, like Joshua is going to be doing. Somehow now he steps into place before two and a half million people. And suddenly, Moses is out of the picture. Joshua is now in the picture. And he's got to be able to generate enough confidence, spiritual maturity, insight, and certainty in the lives of all these people that they will shift their loyalty to him. That is an amazing phenomenon. But the Scripture tells us how God is doing it. So Joshua ordered, the Bible says. And what we notice here from the language and how the juxtaposition of this passage of Scripture follows with the last ones There is immediate obedience on the part of Joshua with regard to God's commission to him. Nothing is in between. He doesn't say, God, you know, I've got about three things I need to take care of. Uh, You wait right here, and in a couple of months I'll be back and let you know how things are going. He doesn't do that. But instead, as soon as God is done with his calling, Joshua responds with immediate obedience. There is a kind of obedience that, uh, that exists. And my wife, who's an elementary school teacher, she teaches kindergartners, first graders, second graders, that it's very important for the children to be successful in their education, that they need to obey the teacher. And my wife uses this wonderful statement to the children, slow obedience is no obedience. You can't wait, you can't procrastinate, you can't put it off. Once you know your marching orders, once you've been given your instructions, you respond immediately. The only kind of obedience is immediate obedience. And that to me is not only a great line for her to give these little kiddies, but it's a great line for us as people who want to respond automatically, immediately to Almighty God when He gives to us a direction or calling in our lives. The only obedience that God knows is immediate obedience. Anything that has a slowdown, a procrastination, that redefines something that God does not, except when he thinks about his relationship with those who follow him. Warriors who have a heart to follow God, they immediately obey God when it's clear what God wants them to do. Now, I love this part of the situation, too, because Uh, Joshua doesn't take any kind of moment to hesitate. He doesn't show any kind of personal doubt. He's the kind of person who realizes that God has taken away all the issues with regard to the normal human areas of hesitation. We spoke about the whole business of human comparison. He takes that out of the picture because it's only God's opinion of his obedience that he's really primarily concerned about. So Joshua takes charge. I've uh, never gone through any police training, but I've known a lot of policemen over my my years, and they they tell me the same thing when they go through uh, the initial stages of learning how to be a a peacekeeper, and they're always told the same thing. When you go into a very difficult situation where people are at odds with one another, you enter that situation without hesitation, and your number one goal, take charge. Two words. Every police officer knows it. Whenever they go into a difficult situation, when people are arguing, people are fighting, there is a conflict among people, go in there and enter as an officer of the law. In two words, take charge. Now, all of us who are here as men, that's one of our great responsibilities, when God gives us a position of leadership. Don't be mean to people. Don't push them around, but just take charge. So people turn their attention to us people who are are under our responsibility, our wife, our children, or if we're not married, then our friends, those people that we disciple, our colleagues at work, our neighbors, our relatives, our our siblings. If there's conflict in the situation and we are put in that situation as a man of God, we take charge. We do something. The scripture tells us here that uh, Joshua gave these individuals here, the nation of Israel, he gave them this instruction, three days you will cross the Jordan here, go in and take possession of the land. Do you hear the certainty? Do you hear the timetable? There's nothing vague about this whatsoever. He's got a plan in mind, and he's now initiating that plan. Good leaders who initiate and bring confidence into the lives of people they lead, they always are confident themselves. They have a plan in mind, and they are simply initiating and enacting the plan. Nothing gives people confidence more than somebody who's thought through an issue and how in the world the tactics will now fall into place as we, in our minds, have this amazing strategy of what we will now do as a group of people. The Lord your God is giving to you for your own. And again, we've noticed this combination of names where God refers to himself. Lord, all capital letters, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, refers to the the name of God, Yahweh or Jehovah, the God who makes promises and keeps them. And he follows up with the coupling of the word of of Lord with the word God, capital G, little O, little e, Elohim. The God who creates out of nothing. That combination is one that you should light up every time you read it in the Old Testament especially. The God who makes promises and keeps them, coupled with a God who can create out of nothing. That is a God that we are following. Now if that doesn't express our faith theologically and biblically, not many other things will but just simply the name of who God is because He's emphasizing that He will be faithful to His promises. And don't doubt that He can. It's not just blowing sunshine because God is saying, I can create out of nothing. So if I can, if I am that powerful, then I can keep my promises to you. The Scripture goes on here in uh, amazing form as we go through this. And the Scripture gives to us this next section. As soon as uh, Joshua gives us this explanation instruction for all the, the, the nation of Israel, he turns his attention particularly to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. And this is what he says to them. He turns his attention to this very specific group. And he says to them, remember the command that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you. The Lord your God, we smile, we feel that great sense of this combination of the name of God, is giving you rest and has granted you this land. Your wives, your children, and your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan, but all your fighting men, fully armed, must cross over ahead of your brothers. You see what God is doing through Joshua? Joshua is speaking to the hearts of men and alleviating them of the greatest distraction that they would have as they think about going to war. He's talking to them about their families. Don't worry about your families. We know you love them. We know they're on your mind, but we will keep them safe and they will be provided for. Once he alleviates the greatest distraction on his spirit, then Joshua speaks to these men about two very important things, brotherhood and duty. Men respond once they've been alleviated of the great distraction of their families, people that they care for, because real men take care of their families. That's why God says in his word of the New Testament, if you don't take care of your families, you're worse than an infidel. Because every good man will do that. But once we have confidence that the greatest concern of our spirit is taken care of, God then uses Joshua to speak directly into the hearts of these men. Two areas that they specifically are now going to be challenged upon. Brotherhood and duty. We men will do an awful lot if we know that we can be incredibly valuable to our brother. That my sacrifice, my involvement, my dedication... Is here not just for me, but I can do it selflessly for someone else. And when you throw in the issue of duty, you wave the flag, you play the the national anthem, we are men who are motivated because, not of music, not because of aesthetic colors, but because those are representations and symbols of something that stirs inside of all of us that God put there when he made us as men. That is the issue of Duty. I love reading uh, westerns, uh, and I, I do that just because uh, it's entertaining for me, and I love to practice my speed reading, and I, I love just to, to image in my mind what words alone can do. And one of the descriptions in, all, in almost every western is when I refer to a man, that you meet, that man's got sand in him. That man's got sand in him. That means that God's got grit. He's tough. He's not going to buckle under pressure. And when an old cowpoke is out in the, uh, on riding the range and he runs up against some teenage boy and he realizes, yeah, that boy, he's got sand in him. True grit. It's an amazing description that really only us guys can use. Women don't understand that. As soon as they say they've, they've got sand, they think, dirty, i got to wash those clothes. But when we guys talk about sand, it's grit. It's that determination. It's something that you feel when you move. It is there and it gives you traction. So when we think about this, the this this presentation of Joshua it's given, he, he goes to this whole this, this whole issue with Reubenite, Gad, and the half tribe of Manasseh, and he's he's anticipating their questions and he, he knows what they're concerned about. Every good leader does. You don't have to ask them, Well, oh, let's let's figure out, okay, everyone anyone got a contribution to to the discussion here. Good leaders already know what men are worried about. And he goes in there and he, he figures out how to answer this particular concern. And he tells them to remember. It's not new. He's not going to add another rock to their wagon. He's just not going to make it more difficult for them. But instead he says, remember the command that you've been given. Now one of the things that we men should, should be very careful about doing, and that is that something that takes away from our manhood, is when we know that we've been given orders... And then we're starting to think, well, you know, it looks kind of tough. This might be more challenging than I thought. Maybe if I ignore the command, people will forget that I'm under orders. Maybe I'll forget I'm under orders. Maybe I'll get distracted. Maybe I've got more than I really need to deal with so I can ignore some and just do the other. This is one thing that Joshua knows as a good leader. Just remind the men the orders that they are under, and God will do some amazing things through them. The Lord of God is giving you rest. He's already giving you an idea. You've you've sampled the land that you've been in. Your wives and your children and your livestock, all those things of personal concern are all taken care of. But instead, choose duty. Make sure you send your fighting men to help their brothers. Take the initiative. Don't wait to be pushed. Don't wait to be asked. Don't wait for someone else to ask you to come along. You know that the issue of duty and calling already exists. Powerful in this whole business. Help your brothers. The value of what devotion is. When I look at a passage of scripture like this and think about what's going on in the mind of Joshua and how God is using this amazing leader to now mobilize the nation of Israel under new leadership and move off in a direction that they've all had hope for. One very simple thought comes to mind. God is teaching Joshua never ever give up. No matter what happens, it's a great poster. Go over, go under, go around, go through. But never, never give up. Whatever God has for you today, you're all probably, most of you are headed off to work right after our study's is done. Uh, work is probably going to involve the lives of people. Who does God want you to influence and impact with your life? And if we can multiply that by all of us who are in this room, can you imagine when we come back next week, how many lives have been touched because we operating on the basis of duty, functioning because of brotherhood that we are developing here, realizing that God is going to take care of our families and the things that are most concerning to us so we can have freedom to do what He has called us to do with immediate obedience. Phenomenal. We will not quit because God will never give to us an order where He wants us simply to fail. He's given to us a challenge that He wants us to overcome. An amazing phenomenon. So this whole business of the sand and this grit and the determination as as men, it follows through here with verse 15. And uh, you can read through it sometime. It's a phenomenal thought when you put this all together. But I want us to wrap up here with this last part here in verses 16 to 18. Then they answered Joshua, whatever you have commanded us, we will do. This is a response by the people, by the fighting men of the two and a half tribes that he's now been addressing and no doubt in my mind, that the rest of the fighting men of Israel are joining in on this incredible display and vocal demonstration of a duty that will be fulfilled. Captured the sense of men who are not just saying what they think Joshua wants to hear, but this is a genuine expression of a heart that's been challenged by a leader of Almighty God. So for all of us who have the blessing and the privilege of being here at Houston's First and hearing Pastor Greg challenge us regularly every Sunday, he's really good at that. He's not only an outstanding teacher of the Bible, but he takes it practically into our lives. And for all of you who who have a pastor outside of this church, that's great. We're so thrilled that you're here. Think about your pastor as, as he challenges you every single Sunday with the teaching of the Word of God and tries to make it pertinent for your routine. How then will you respond? Real men of God don't need someone else to challenge them. Now what are you going to do? Because they're thinking as they come, I want to know what God wants me to do, and this pastor's presentation is now going to sharpen up my duties for my life. This is what they say. Then they answer Joshua, Whatever you have commanded us to do, we will do. Since duty. And wherever you send us, we will go. Since duty just as we plural together brotherhood just as we fully obeyed moses so we will obey you now don't get cynical and say hey those guys didn't follow moses very well those all those guys died in the desert this is a new generation these are the young ones who grew up and watched their fathers and uncles grandfathers die because of disobedience now this is a new generation that's now following their leader And they are saying, we will follow you as we followed Moses. Only may the Lord your God, notice the combination again, be with you as he was with Moses. Joshua, be a man of God as you lead us, because we want to follow a man of God. That is an amazing phenomenon all in and of itself. Whoever rebels against you, or against your word, and does not obey your words, whatever you may command them will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. That is a deep sense of commitment. If there is no obedience, then the only other alternative is death, separation, distance. That kind of man is not the kind of man we want to call a comrade in arms. There's a huge promise to obey here. And uh, one thing that I found in, in my studies that's absolutely stunning is that when people think about what it means to... To be a man and follow a, a commitment to brotherhood and to duty, uh, it's 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 wrapped up in these these amazing guys that uh, that we would probably call uh, some of America's finest. So I don't I don't know if there's any seals here in our group. I wouldn't want to at all disrespect or dishonor what you are or, or, or anything like that. All I know is that the ethos that you guys follow, that the seals follow, when I read it. It just stirs something in my spirit. So this very special group of guys that uh, are in our military and who want to volunteer for this tough, tough, tough assignment, all the guys who actually enter in, which is a small percentage of all of our military, of all the guys who actually try to become a SEAL, only 20% make it. And of the 20% who make it, this is how their lives and service, this is how they, they describe what they do. In times of war or uncertainty, there is a special breed of warrior ready to answer our nation's call. A common man with uncommon desire to succeed. Forged by adversity, he stands alongside America's finest special operations forces to serve his country, the American people, and protect their way of life. I am that man. My trident is a symbol of honor and heritage bestowed upon me by the heroes that have gone before. It embodies the trust of those I have sworn to protect. By wearing the trident, I accept the responsibility of my chosen profession and way of life. It is a privilege that I must earn every day. My loyalty to country and team is beyond reproach. I humbly serve as a guardian to my fellow Americans, always ready to defend those who are unable to defend themselves. I do not advertise the nature of my work, nor seek recognition of my actions. I voluntarily accept the inherent hazards of my profession, placing the welfare and security of others before my own. I serve with honor on and off the battlefield. The ability to control my emotions and my actions, regardless of the circumstance, sets me apart from other men. Uncompromising integrity is my standard. My character and honor are steadfast. My word is my bond. We expect to lead and be led. In the absence of orders, I will take charge. Lead my teammates and accomplish the mission. I lead by example in all situations. I will never quit. I persevere and thrive on adversity. My nation expects me to be physically harder and mentally stronger than my enemies. If knocked down, I will get back up every time. I will draw on every remaining ounce of strength to protect my teammates and to accomplish our mission. I am never out of the fight. We demand discipline. We expect innovation. The lives of my teammates and the success of our mission depend on me. My technical skill, tactical proficiency, and attention to detail. My training is never complete. We train for war and fight to win. I stand ready to bring the full spectrum of combat power to bear in order to achieve my mission and the goals established by my country. The execution of my duties will be swift and violent when required, yet guided by the very principles that I serve to, depend, to defend. Brave men have fought and died building the proud tradition and feared reputation that I am bound to uphold. In the worst of conditions, the legacy of my teammates steadies my resolve, and silently guides my every deed. I will not fail. Now there's no word in this at all of Jesus Christ. No word in here at all of the power of the Spirit of God. But everything that's stated in this ethos exists in every one of us because we are created in the image of God. And this might be one of the finest expressions of men creating the image of God of what they can do when it comes to brotherhood and duty. But if we have all of that in our potential, gentlemen, and yet we add to that Jesus Christ and the power of His Spirit, maybe we could write a very similar ethos for a warrior's heart and ask ourselves, does this express who we are, and it comes right here from the Word of God in the book of Joshua. Take charge. Be strong and courageous. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your Word. We are absolutely overwhelmed, so attracted to this man, Joshua. What an amazing, amazing servant that you have raised up. Thank you, Father, for letting us have this amazing glimpse. Bless us, Father, as we go through our time of discussion around the table, of what you want us to learn and live as a result. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Around on your tables you have your discussion sheets, so feel free to jump right in and discuss what God has placed on your heart in relationship to the Word. Thank you for joining us on this week's podcast. We hope you can join us in person. We meet Thursday mornings at 6.30 a.m. in the Fellowship Center of Houston's First Baptist Church. For more details and to register, you can visit us on the web at warriorsheart.org. That's warriorsheart.org. We hope you have a great day.